Hello, my friend. You are listening to a new episode of Thai Pod, and today we are joined by Steph Orozco, an animal loving vegan based in Austin, Texas. Now, while she's married to the love of her life, he is still second in command to her dog, Millie. She's an Enneagram one through and through, which means she is known for being responsible, honest, and improvement oriented, and she's a passionate advocate for social justice and human rights. When she's not curled up with her rescue pup, Steph can be found pushing herself through early morning peloton rides, loving on her nephews and niece, and seeking adventure through travels with her new husband. She's also the CEO of Scaling with Heart, and she believes that infusing heart into every level of your business is the key to significantly and confidently scaling. So as you can see, there is a reason that we brought Steph on today. We're going to talk about the ways that you can really infuse heart-centered service into your business and how that's really going to take things to the next level for you. So if you are as ready for this as I am, kick back, turn up the volume, and let's get into it. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIPOD. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. All righty, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm really pumped for this conversation because we haven't talked about anything quite along these lines before. But before we dive into the business goodness, I would love it if you could give us, you know, you gave us a bunch of details, but we want to hear a little bit more of the picture of, you know, your journey in entrepreneurship and what things have been like for you thus far. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I own the business with my husband, Sam, um, and currently we help heart-centered entrepreneurs create a better client journey so they can increase profits, cultivate community, and scale confidently. And we do business differently by bringing more heart into all interactions. Um, I started about three years ago as a virtual assistant And, um, you know, I've been a virtual support provider in different capacities for corporate companies, online businesses. Um, I moved into an online business management role, and I've kind of seen the back end of so many different businesses. And I started to really take note of some of the important differences that I saw between those businesses and how they were running. Um, And so that's kind of the basics of what led me to build the business we have today. 
Oh, so beautiful. I I happen to know, like, I love talking to, like, VAs and OBMs and whatnot because I'm like, oh, y'all know the tea. Like, y'all know what's, <laughs> what's actually going on behind the scenes. So I'd love to hear, like, from your perspective, seeing all of those things, seeing what was happening behind the scenes, what was working well, what wasn't, all of that, why it's really led you and Sam to focus in on this idea of heart-centered service. Definitely. Yeah, we do see it all. <laughs> Um, so I saw CEOs who were doing it right. And when I say right, I mean, they were setting up streamlined processes with heart centered touches and making every client feel super valued. So those businesses were the ones that I noticed were experiencing the fast growth, the success and the fulfillment, um, with the raving fans and loyal communities to boot. And then there were other business owners who were, Um, maybe missing the mark a bit. And some real life examples of that could be maybe they were automating every aspect of their business so that there were exactly zero personalized touch points or focusing so much on selling and not really caring about the clients that you're bringing in the door. I actually have an example. This year, I had someone who had been pitching to me in the Instagram DMs for a while and, um, you know, I liked her offer. I thought she was great, but I just, it hadn't been a good time. And so when I finally moved forward with her offer, it was all of a sudden like this feeling like she no longer cared. She showed more attention to me when I was a prospect than when I was an actual official client. And so that's what I would say would be an example of missing the mark and kind of prioritizing selling over the experience for your client. Ooh, and I think, okay, so like one, we're talking to all entrepreneurs right now, but I do think I have witnessed this a lot myself. (laughs) Just again, we all get pitched in the DMs, so we know what it is, right? Right. But it's like, especially when we're like new and hungry in our businesses and I get it. Like a girl's got bills. We got to eat. <laughs> you know, sure. we may, you may have kids to feed, whatever. Um, but I think it's such a good reminder that, you know, when you have a prospect, a lead, a hot lead, that's all fine and dandy and you're showing them so much love and attention. But can we bring that same energy to the people that actually opted in and they're like, heck yes, I want to work with you? Yeah, that's so disappointing, I could imagine. Exactly. It's such a bad feeling. Like you just don't want to make your client feel that way. Like, oh, they were so excited to talk to me. They seemed like, you know, their service or their product was really going to be this huge transformation for me. And now that I'm in it, not only do they not seem to be providing attention to me, but they don't seem to care whether I get that transformation or not. And to me, that's like, I would not be a repeat customer, I feel. (laughs) 100%. And that's it. When you are not, you know, leading with the heart-centered service, you're not creating lifetime clients. You're going to have constant turnover because of that exact reason. (laughs) Oh, man. So let's talk a little bit. I know like one of the things you were chatting with me earlier about is just the fact that when you're missing the mark in this way, it's really costing your business in a number of ways. And I feel like you've you've touched on it a little bit, but can you really break it down for us like what that cost benefit is looking like? Yes. So here's where losing money due to a lack of heart and service really comes into play. And, and it is money and business um, that you're losing. So it happens when you're not giving them that chance to become lifetime clients. 
maybe you're a business owner and it takes uh, two days for a client to receive their welcome email to your, you know, intro offer after you've taken their payment. So they're sitting there kind of like waiting anxiously for the email to arrive. Um, that client is not going to make it through your sales funnel, right? If it took two days, they're kind of like, they've lost the excitement. They're not sure why they're not getting what they paid for. Um, they're not really going to be super excited to buy your higher level offer. Or if you're a business coach who might be amazing at signing people up for group programs, but then you don't show them individual love throughout the program, they're probably not going to purchase your higher level one-to-one -one services. Um, let's see what else. If you're a service provider and your one-to-one -one clients don't feel like they're held in a tight container or completely supported, they're probably not going to sign with you again after your contract is up or refer you to their friends. And that is no bueno. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting here like thinking about it. And it's just like you're letting these people slip through your fingers when it's like you had their attention, you had their buy-in. Oh yeah. Yes, that's exactly it. Oh man. Okay, so let's talk about then how to fix this. I mean, I'm not even really going to like go deep into what I'm thinking. I want to hear from you. How do we like start to take those steps to correct this situation? If we know, like if you do a little assessment, you're like, hmm, the back end is looking kind of shoddy. <laughs> I hear what Steph is saying and I know I'm one of those people. What can we even start to do? Yes. Okay. So I recommend um, three steps to start, and they might sound a little overwhelming. So um, once I go through those, I'll give you one simple actionable way that you could start today as well. Um, so the three steps that I always recommend, if you see, you know, um, you look at the back end, you're seeing that clients aren't really getting everything they're paying for, or um, maybe you just notice you don't get clients through referrals. Um, clients come to you through your need to constantly be selling, um, that might be something as well. So if you're ready to infuse more heart into your business, I suggest mapping out your client journey and identifying the gaps in your overall client experience instead of relying on customer complaints to show you where those issues are, which is usually, you know, like as entrepreneurs, we're so busy we don't really notice um, that there might be a gap somewhere because we are doing so much on the back end and client facing that it's hard to really see. So look through your client journey as if you're your own client. And then um, take the time to write out those workflows from beginning to end and see where you may be unintentionally leaving them hanging. Next, personalize your interactions. So personalized and customized service is seriously an absolute must. Um, that's where we're going to create those raving fans and the lifetime clients when they feel like, you know, you really um, care about them and they're a person to you. They're not a number. And then check in with your clients on a regular basis. Um, some, you know, depending on what you do, it might not be necessary to communicate with your clients constantly, but checking in with them on somewhat of a regular basis is just going to help them feel connected to you and feel good about the work you're doing. 
Um, so I like to have a system in place for offering some extra value at no extra cost, or even just genuinely reaching out to see how they're doing, how they're feeling. Um, and so, like I said, that might all sound a little overwhelming when you're thinking about how to get started with implementing. So one simple way you can start doing this today is to think about your clients as individuals and think about what you know about them as human beings, and then just add one, un, one additional unexpected um, touch point for each client. So maybe you make them a custom loom video. Say you're a web designer and you're halfway through the design. You could just say, hey, I'm just popping in to let you know how this is going. I wanted to show you around real quick and show you what we have. Um, I'm still working on this and I'm so excited. Um, maybe you share an article that would be really helpful to them. Send them a small gift. Or seriously, just remember to ask them, like, how their son's birthday party went. <laughs> People really value that. Honestly, we do. Because at the end of the day, I always say this with like every topic I ever talk about. We are humans. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's so simple sometimes. It's just be a nice human and things tend to work well. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's all, all of it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. So you did break it down in terms of doing one simple thing. But have you ever come across people who are just very resistant to the idea of doing anything outside of, you know, the super standard automations? Because I feel like in this space a lot, you know, automations are godsend. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like we talk about them so much. And it's like automate your business. So you have time to do this. So you have time to do that. And the emphasis on personal connection and touch point and whatnot gets a little lost in that message. So I'd love your perspective on it. It does. And there definitely are people who would rather, you know, um, just have an evergreen funnel and just have everything automated where they don't have to touch it. But uh, what I always kind of bring up in that situation is, okay, maybe your evergreen funnel even is, is doing well and bringing in consistent revenue for you. But you do have, you know, this other higher level offer that you're not getting these people into. Um, and so what could it look like? How much time would it really take if we want to do one personalized touch point in each of these? And would that be worth the revenue that it's going to convert for you? Cause I can tell you that it is <laughs> <laughs> the time to money exchange is absolutely worth it. Yeah, what I was thinking about, like I was thinking about this, and and I'm really glad that you brought it up, which is kind of the difference in what you see being done at kind of that entry level offer versus some of the high ticket. So I know you just touched on that, but can you go a little deeper into that distinction? Yeah, so um, I think it all depends on the business. Um, But normally with, I would say, lower level offers are less likely to have any kind of touch point. Those are usually the ones that business owners um, start automating first. And those are really the best opportunity for you to add a touch point because you want to get them up there. Um, But I will say it can be the same depending on the business. Um, Some people just don't put 
personalized touch points in group programs or, you know, up to the higher level offers, maybe one-to-one services. Um, One-to-one services usually are more just high touch with the client in general, but you can automate that in a sense where maybe your team sends the uh, check-in Slack message every week and uh, you're just doing the responses. You're kind of doing the bare minimum. Um, So I've seen it in all places, but I would say the place to start implementing it would be in the lower level offer because then you're getting the opportunity to really create those lifetime clients all the way up and then add it into each of your higher level offers. I love it. That's such a good point. I I do remember, I'm just trying to think about myself. I remember back in the day, the first time I launched Dream Hire Bootcamp and I did like one of those, you know, like a freebie that leads into stuff and whatnot. And because it was my first launch, obviously I'm super nervous because I'm like, a product, what is this life? So, (laughs) (laughs) So I remember specifically like extending this offer just on a one-on-one basis to people who like opted into the free gift. And I would like send them a Loom video with some feedback on something. And those people rock with me so hard now. And I just, yeah. And I feel like, and it was based honestly, and I'm not going to tell any lies here. Like it was based off of something that they got for free. And then they still got you know, it was like a little 30 second something, like a little touch point with me actually putting my eyes on something that they did. Really, really simple. Um, but that tended to convert a lot better into, you know, ongoing clients. So I see what you're saying. I love that example so much. That is exactly it. It does not have to take you one hour per client to do this. It can be just something simple and quick, but it really does make a difference in your business. Oh, love it. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands-down favorite natural deodorant, and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. Okay. I am super curious now, since we spent so much time on kind of the lower ticket side of things, let's talk really, really high ticket because I know that you've seen some things behind the scenes and we here in this community, we want to be the best of the best, right? So can we talk about some of the innovative ways that we could like tie in this human-centered service and these touch points when it comes to those very high ticket experiences? Oh, such a good question. Um, So yeah, I have seen a lot of different like one-to-one services or high ticket services. um, And it usually starts with a really um, easy onboarding process for the client that makes them feel like they're held in a tight container and you're right there with them, helping them get through each step. 
And then um, maybe a nice welcome gift that is customized to who they are as a person and, you know, their likes. Um, and then it's being like so aware of who you're serving with that high level ticket and just customizing things as they come up for them. So walking them through the transformation that you're helping them with, almost like you're there holding their hand um, and you're not just kind of phoning it in on your maybe calls with them or whatever it is, you're really there uh, providing a customized experience each step of the way. I love that. And I love the idea um, more specifically, like customizing it to personal characteristics, right? So I think about this. I don't really have, I do have some things in place for my high ticket, actually. It's been a, it's been a work in progress, but <laughs> I am actually thinking specifically of how I treat my team. And one of the things that we always uncover and whenever we hire anybody from intern to graphic designer, doesn't matter, is I always want to know like their Enneagram. I want to know their love language or their workplace appreciation language. And that's because the type of work that I do with teams, like I facilitate those things as well. But I keep thinking as you're talking about this from, you know, a token of appreciation perspective and whatnot, it could be really, really fun if you know little details like that, like what's their zodiac sign, when's their birthday, like all of those things could be cool. Yes, I love that so much. I actually have on my um, questionnaire for new clients, I ask them their Enneagram type too. I think it's so fun to know that and so helpful. Um, and yeah, I, I love that idea. Do you? Okay, this is like totally off the cuff and random. But have you ever considered, you know, customize? I don't know if this is the right question, but customizing or tweaking the ways that you're doing these touch points depending on someone's Enneagram? I have not considered that, but I love that. You, okay, I'm gonna say cool. something. I'm gonna say something funny because okay, you messaged me a couple of days ago asking for questions, and then I found out that you were a one, right? And so, <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. You know what I mean? Because like when I'm interviewing a seven, they don't care; they just show up. <laughs> that is it. I am a one through and through. <laughs> I like to be prepared. Yes, <laughs> but. It does make me think, though, like if you know certain details like that about your clients and obviously you'd have to be familiar with Enneagram, but we're saying with any little details you could customize in this way. So I'm thinking like if I if I had you as a client, Steph, right, and I knew you were a one and I know enough about ones, I could make sure to give you those details and like timelines and overviews and just like go the extra mile communication wise, because I know that you respond well to that. You know? Yes, yes, I love this. Yes, that's such a cool um, way to think of it. I've never thought of it specifically with Enneagram, but yeah, that's it. Bye. Oh, dude, not tr not trying to like give you more work or something, but <laughs> I think you should do like a series and like really dive deep with Enneagram because I love applying mm -hmm. it to all of the teamwork that I do, but I just think it can be used everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm over here taking notes. <laughs> yeah, that's my selfish request on behalf of the entire Typod community. <laughs> I am on it. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. So I'm wondering, 
Is there anything you wish I would have asked you? Because I've been I've been digging deep with the questions, but I want to see if we missed anything. Um, I think maybe the only thing I could elaborate more on is just um, the improvements and benefits people see in their businesses when they focus on loving their clients super well. Oh, paint the picture for us, please. That's really important. Yeah. So the more loved and supported. Um, your clients feel, the more they're really going to show that love right back to you. And this can look like, you know, signing up for everything you offer, whether it's a program, a course, a service, um, sending all of their friends your way with referrals, maybe asking about your next offer before it's even available, like knocking on your door, like, when is the next thing I'm ready for it? Um, and similarly getting on your wait list and keeping your offers booked out at all times. So when you prioritize serving your clients that well, and just loving on them so much, um, your, your business does explode to the next level and you do retain more clients. I actually have a really great statistic that I think you'll love Tiana, (laughs) um, increasing client retention rates by just 5%. Increases profits by 25% all the way up to 95%. So sales and marketing worries could be practically non-existent if business owners focus more on infusing heart into their business instead of solely focusing on bringing in those new clients. I, you know me, and you you said you knew I would love it, but I love statistics. I love to hear the data. And that is a very big difference. Yes. Yes. Mind blowing, right? Yeah. Because it it reminds you like, you know, no shade to our sales and marketer ladies because we love Um, y'all. But it can also feel like a freaking hamster wheel of constantly trying to generate constant. You know what I mean? And you just hear people every day. People are out there selling every day super aggressively. And sometimes there's a season for that and I get it. But I also really like this perspective that like if you take care of some of the back end and really treat your people well, you may not have to be on that hamster wheel as often, (laughs) which sounds that's delightful. <laughs> right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking even from a personal perspective like as a business owner, it also just feels good to talk to the people that like are bought in and I have a relationship with and they want help with these things, you know what I mean? So it really doesn't sound like that much of a chore. <laughs> yes, yeah, like they are there for you. They just love everything you do. It's fun to hang out with them and serve them more. Absolutely. Oh man, well this is just one of the best topics. I think it's such a, not simple in that it's easy, but simple in just like the way that you're positioning it and in the little things that we can do. So from your perspective, before we start to wrap up for today, I'd love just any final thoughts, final pieces of advice that you would give to someone who's really, you know, starting this journey of instilling some heart-centered service in the back end of their business. Yeah, um, I would say this one thing is what I keep in my head and what I'm thinking about in all client interactions. And it's kind of just like a silly little phrase. It's when the client comes first, the client will last. So always just in your day to day, how can you make the client come first? And how can you show them that they're the priority for you? So that little tweak 
um, in your thought process can be a great start. That is the cutest saying. I am obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I can just see people like writing it in script and posting it on their office wall. Like that's very cute. Yeah, it's such a good little reminder. Oh, man. Well, this has been eye-opening and delightful stuff. So can you tell everybody exactly where they can find you and connect with you and continue the conversation? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at scalingwithheart. Um, Our website is scalingwithheart.com. And we actually have a quiz available that uh, will help business owners identify where they're missing heart in their business. And you can grab that at scalingwithheart.com slash quiz. Ooh, you know we love a quiz. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for feeding into the community in this way today. It was an absolute delight. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me.